0: Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 79 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners. And to you, the listener, you make this ministry possible. And I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person. In every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about our need to overcome the habit of measuring ourselves among ourselves. We should all have people that we look up to. Certainly, people motivate us to do better. People that have a godly and good characteristics we can personalize into our own lives. Now, we're not trying to mimic anyone else, but there are certain characteristics that we can incorporate into our own lives, ways that complement our personality and our calling while not copycatting anyone else. We're not trying to become someone else. We're working to become the best most authentic version of ourselves, the person that God designed us to be. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, that it is unwise to measure ourselves and compare ourselves among ourselves. It's never good when we allow our inner self-critic to compare ourselves to others It's completely acceptable to desire good qualities we see in other people. It's fine to model some areas of our lives by the example of people we admire. But we must guard against trying to become just like someone else. God didn't create you to be a clone of anyone. Each of us are unique Each of us have characteristics and life events that are uniquely us. The danger of measuring or comparing ourselves to others is that our comparisons are never fair. They are made with limited knowledge and certainly not the same life experiences of the other person. The danger of comparison is discontentment and insecurity. It can also lead to jealousy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Where comparison begins, contentment ends. And it can be difficult, but you have to break the habit of measuring yourself by others. We find that the ability to compare ourselves among ourselves is nothing new. Matter of fact, God instructed Samuel when he anointed Saul versus when he anointed David that comparing simply because of the outward is always unwise. When they called out Saul to be anointed king, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 23, and they ran and fetched him, and thence, and when he, Saul, stood among the people, he was higher than any any of the people from his shoulders upward. Immediately when we see Saul, their first king, we get the idea that this is what a king looks like. He is going to be head and shoulders taller than all of the other people. He's going to have this look. And that is what is set in the mind of Samuel. But we know that when Saul failed and the kingdom was taken away from him and God sent Samuel to Anoint the next king. When he went to Jesse's house, Eliab comes out and the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, and it came to pass when they were come, he, Samuel, looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. What would have made him look at Eliab and think, oh, this is surely the Lord's anointed? It's comparison. He was measuring Eliab by what he was used to seeing in Saul, the look, the head and shoulders taller than any other. When he looked at him, his stature must have said, this is the king. Oh, this is the guy that is going to be anointed king. But God said, Samuel, look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, or the Lord doesn't measure like man measures. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh upon the heart. God stopped Samuel and corrected him and said this measuring, this comparing, is never wise. He learned to measure and judge what looked like a king compared to what he had seen in another. And God said, That's not how it's going to work. I have called each man according to his own calling and his own merit. For the Lord doesn't see as man sees. The Lord doesn't judge as man judges. The Lord doesn't look upon the outward, but the Lord looks on the heart. God says, I have a completely different way of measuring men. And if we're not careful, we will fall into the very same trap, the very same habit that Samuel fell into. We'll see one and we'll think, this is the model. This is the pattern. If I could just become a clone of that person, then surely I could be used of God. That's not how God works. Each of us have been called to be our own individual selves. We should be very careful about comparing ourselves among ourselves. Can you imagine if the prophets of the Old Testament did this? I mean, have you thought about their backgrounds? Some of the prophets were rich and lived among royalty. Others were poor and lived among the common. Some saw great miracles and Israel repent. While some prophesied, saw very little results in their day, and they witnessed Israel backslide. However, all were called by God and uniquely used. Can you imagine one prophet getting angry at the results of another prophet or getting discouraged because he didn't have the same results or life as another prophet? They were all powerful prophets in their own right, yet they Each had different life experiences, callings, and results. Take, for example, Isaiah and Hosea. They both lived and prophesied during the same period of time. What if they had fallen into the comparison trap? Isaiah, one of the major prophets. Isaiah has been called the prince of prophets. He spent most of his life in Jerusalem. He had access to the royal courts of successive kings. He was well-educated, most likely a wealthy aristocrat. He had a high position in society. He was married and blessed with children. He prophesied of the blessings of the coming of Messiah. However, despite his advantages of education, wealth, and access to royalty, he understood the plight of the common man. But let's look at Hosea. Remember, they prophesied at the same time. They lived among the same generations of kings, both used of God. However, they were completely different. Not much is known about Hosea's life. He's considered one of the minor prophets who is often overlooked. Hosea loved his wife, Gomer. Unfortunately, his wife was unfaithful. However, Hosea loved her and continued to take her back. This became a type of God's willingness to take back backslidden Israel. Hosea's ministry was powerful. However, his life was difficult. Hosea proclaimed that the people would suffer because they did not know God's ways. If Hosea had measured his life by Isaiah's, he would have lived a life of discontentment. He would have lived a life struggling with who he was and what God had called him to be. Everyone would want to be Isaiah, a major prophet that prophesied blessings of the coming of Messiah. No one really wants to be Hosea, who has family struggles a past that isn't well documented because he didn't come from a rich or wealthy family. However, God used them both. You cannot compare their life in the way that men measure success. Both are extremely powerful. Yes, we need the prophecies of the coming of Messiah that Isaiah prophesied, but we also need the prophecies of Hosea who declares that if you backslide and fall away from God, you can come back and God will not abandon you and God will continue to love you. There is something powerful about Isaiah and Hosea's ministry. We need them both. Even though they come from different financial backgrounds and different family standings, they both are powerful. They were both used by God and God used them in unique ways. Now, certainly as human beings, we would want an easier life. That's natural. But the key is that God used them both in the position that they were called to be in. You cannot compare Hosea and Isaiah and look at them on an individual humanistic way. You have to look at them in the eyes of God's measurement. And for God, the measurement of man is not based on his financial standing. It's not based on his ease of life. It's not based on whether he has more problems or less problems. The measurement of God's standard is, does man obey the will of God? That's how God measures. We must be careful that we do not fall into the comparison trap. Same could be said for the poor widow mentioned in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. And he stood in the temple. He was watching the rich tossing their gifts into the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small copper coins. Really, he remarked, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them combined. For they have given a little of what they didn't need. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. The book of Mark said that the amount she gave might make a farthing. The smallest Jewish coin... Imagine this poor widow standing in line behind the rich, watching them with their ability to give large sums of money. And there's certainly nothing wrong with being able to give large sums of money. However, can you imagine with me the feeling that she must have had how she could have felt overwhelmed. She could have been embarrassed. She could have looked at her own life and compared her plight with those that were in front of her and looked at them and said, oh, if I could just be like them. Can you imagine how discouraged, how discontent she could have become if she longed to be like the rich in front of her? However, she in the line with the wealthy dropped in the smallest of Jewish coins, having two, putting in two not keeping one even for herself. And when Jesus looked at her, he looked at his disciples and said, this woman has given more than all of them. And she teaches us a valuable lesson. If we compare ourselves with those around us, we can become discouraged. But instead of comparing ourselves among ourselves, let us measure ourselves according to the word of God and the will of God. And so we are only measured according to what God has given us and how we use what God has given. But if we could break the comparison habit and begin to measure our lives as God measures us, we could live a much more content life. On a personal note, being an evangelist tends to be a results-based ministry. Pastors naturally want their congregations blessed, so bringing in an effective evangelist only makes sense. Now, I used to be more of what we call the digging type of an evangelist. We'd spend weeks in revival preparing the ground and planting seed. We would close out in revival, and then another evangelist would come in right after us and reap a large harvest. Well, guess who gets recommended more? <laughs> it's the evangelist that prayed all the people through, of course. I understand that. Sometimes, often overlooked, it's the evangelist that goes in and digs and prepares the ground and plants the seed. And I fully admit, years ago, this made me struggle. My role as an evangelist, I would have loved for God to have taken that digging, planting role and changed me into the reaping role. So much so that during my time of struggle, I asked God, Lord, I want you to change my role. Take away these messages of digging and preparing and planting and give me the messages of reaping a harvest, so that I can see hundreds of people receive the Holy Ghost. Now, let me defend myself. It was certainly not to promote me. It's about God. But at the same time, when you begin to measure yourself with other evangelists and you go, well, they're having more outward visible results than I am, you begin to long for that, and it puts you in a place where you are not measuring according to to God's will. I did. I asked God. I said, God, take these messages away. Give me messages of rejoicing and reaping. And guess what? God did it. And I was miserable. When in reality, I was designed by God to preach like me, not like others. I was measuring myself by what I saw in the natural instead of by what God called me to be. What I really needed to do was become comfortable being me. I truly believe this is a major key in becoming more effective in your calling. Learn to be more comfortable and confident in yourself. There is a false and a true measurement. False measurements. The measurement isn't between you and someone else. God doesn't measure us based on the abilities and opportunities He has given someone else. He measures each of us by what He has assigned each of us to be. I used to somewhat jokingly say, I hope I'm not in line behind some great missionary during the judgment. I don't want God to look at them and say, You have given so much. You've done so much. And then look at me. Now, I understand that the judgment is not that way, but I think it'll paint a clear picture for us. God doesn't measure us based on what others have done, He measures us against what we do with what we have been given, how we use the opportunities, the abilities, That is in our own hands. We will never stand in judgment against what someone else has done. It will be according to what we have done with what God has placed in our lives. But there is a true measurement. Since it isn't wise to compare ourselves among ourselves, how then should we measure ourselves? Well, here's three measurements that matter. Number one, am I what God wants me to be? Am I doing my best to follow the plan that God has designed for my life? If the answer is yes, then you're measuring up. The second, am I where God wants me to be? Am I not just doing what God wants me to do, but am I doing it where God wants me to do it? If you're willing to follow the Lord anywhere he calls Whatever it may be, if you are where God wants you to be, then the measure is right. Number three, can the Lord commend my work? We may be commended by others, but what about God? Does God approve of our work? In other words, am I doing things the right way in a godly manner with honesty, integrity, and ethics? If so, then the measure is a true measure. I don't want to do things in a way that is not godly. I want to do the right thing the right way. And may I also suggest use your past as a benchmark for comparison, not other people. Use your past. The only real competition you have is who you were yesterday. Who you were last month and who you were a year ago. If you can look at that and compare yourself to who you were in the past and see that you are better now than you were then, then that measurement is true. And that shows progress. And that is the goal follow God and progress in your calling, whether it's ministry. Or your employment. God wants you to progress. Not comparing yourself to the speed of others. Not comparing your journey to the journey of others. You are uniquely you. Now I certainly believe in working on our craft and getting better. But you have to stop measuring your abilities to others. Better yourself. But be yourself. I already know there's better podcasters than me, but I'm going to podcast anyway to the best of my ability. I already know there's better preachers than me, but I'm going to preach to the best of my ability. I already know there's better singers, but I'm going to sing anyway. This is who I am, and I'm okay with that. You Need to be okay with who you are and stop comparing yourselves to how other people are and how they responded to certain life situations. You are uniquely designed by God. Compare yourselves to God's word and God's calling, not to other people. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that God would encourage you today. Lord, I'm asking you to reach down and touch every listener of this podcast. I pray, God, that you would encourage them, strengthen them, anoint them beyond measure. God, I pray that you would reveal to them that they are uniquely created to be them. Help them, Lord, to be comfortable and confident in who you've called them to be. And so we must measure ourselves, not by others, but by the things of God. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum on Instagram at RevGillum. You can also reach me at building great lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions.